For Your Reconsideration is proudly part of the Flickering Myth Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to another episode of For Your Reconsideration, where we eviscerate the cold cadaver of an old movie to assess if it really was a mottled sack of grisly odds and ends, or was in fact a finely toned specimen that deserved so much better the first time round. I'm Rob and here are Simon and James. How are you boys? Very well, thank you. I'm going to talk (laughs) like this too. I got a bit excited there, sorry. I'm so impressed how you managed to get an original intro every week. We've done 31 of these and it's still very original. <laughs> Some days it feels like I'm scrabbling in the dark <laughs> and other days it feels like a massive field of wheat with people in it like the end of Tomorrowland. That's <laughs> great. The couple of weeks where Rob became the jigsaw of Warrington and wasn't available and I had to write one of those bastard things for the <laughs> to do it twice. I was tearing my hair out by the second one. <laughs> yes, uh, you get to a point where you're like, oh yeah, there's a tick list for this. Find yeah. something that's knackered, see if it deserves a second chance in whatever way and then pose the question. So I'm, I'm getting there with this. I'm getting there. How are you both anyway? You all right? Yes, good. Great, mate. Good. Great. How are you, man? I'm really good, really good. Massive near miss in uh, uh, in school today, actually. I'm teaching at the moment in primary schools the joys of creative writing. So I'm getting um, classes of nine-year-olds writing stories. And today I decided that it would be a great idea, which didn't turn out to be so much a great idea, to get everyone in the room to say out the name of their uh, stories that they've written. Because it's nice to swap what you're, you know, what you're working on because it gives you inspiration. But they started asking me to read them out from their sheets. So I'm stood there getting past pieces of paper saying like, oh, this one's called The Dangerous Shoe. (laughs) Oh, and here we have The Mysterious Box. And then I'm looking at one and and here is the biggest... What's that? What is that? (laughs) And on the piece of paper, it literally said the word shat. (laughs) So what what is this? And he said, "It's the biggest shot. Like you need you need an O in there, mate. You need that's not an A." So I nearly said the word "shat" in front of thirty. The biggest shot. So. <laughs> <laughs> it, it does remind me. Do you remember? Do you guys remember the football pink that used to come out every Saturday? Oh yeah, yeah. After yeah. the football, yeah, yeah. Because they used to rush it out. It always used to be riddled with uh, errors, didn't Time it? Post, yeah. yeah, yeah. So like, there was one that killed us when when uh, you know kids with my dad. Like, and it, there was a picture and the caption underneath. You know, it was a picture from behind the goal, and it was like. <laughs> Monroe fires a long, hard shit into the bottom corner. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Terribly profane start, and I apologise for my language. But it did kill us. Oh, that's only the third time you've swore on the podcast. I know, yeah, and twice I've been in tonight. I know, I know, I'm so sorry. But it really got me that, it really got me that. Anyway, anyway, anyway. So um, what have you guys been watching this week? Ooh, uh, have I told you guys about a film called One Cut of the Dead? Oh, is it uh, Korean or is it Japanese? Or Yes, so it is a Japanese zombie film, which is Ooh. one of the most meta and intelligent films I've watched about low-budget filmmaking in ages. Ooh. When you watch it, I-, I think you guys will really dig it, but oh, for cool. the first half an hour you might think... James has absolutely lost his mind here. Why has he recommended this to us? You have to sort of stick with it because it all will become clear. Basically, how good it is won't initially be apparent in the first 30 to 40 minutes. But once uh, the reveal... I don't want to say too much because I don't want to give anything away. Uh, But if you do watch it, yeah, I think you guys will really get a kick out of it. And anybody who's got any interest in any sort of filmmaking and what goes into actually putting a production together. So it's really, really good. Ah, it's wicked, man. Yeah. 
I should definitely check that out. Definitely. Yeah, I think you can either rent it for 99 pence off Amazon or it's on Shudder if you have that particular subscription. What the hell is Shudder? Shudder is like Netflix for horror films. Yeah, you can get it oh, added wow. onto your Amazon Prime, I think. Like yeah, yeah. Can you? Like oh, that's yeah. cool. I didn't know. Well, learning all the time. Amazing. And something that would actually sit quite nicely on Shudder, which I've started this week, and I think, again, you guys would get a real kick out of this, is uh, Servant, which is on Apple TV. M. Night Shyamalan directed the pilot, and it's so up your collective streets, I can't tell you. So it's absolute nightmare fuel for parents everywhere. I bet it would be unsettling if you aren't a parent, but as one, it really got under my skin. It's very good. And to top it off as an FYR bonus, our mate uh, Toby Kebbell is the leading male character in it. Oh, brilliant. No way! Oh, my word. Oh, my word. I just Um, have to see it now. (laughs) (laughs) Swoon, Kebbell. Swoon. Kebs. T-Kebs. Oh, I like that. T-Kebs. (laughs) T-Kebs. Lovely. He's very good as well. He's playing American. So he's, uh, oh, is he? he? He's a pretty seamless fella, isn't he? He's very good. Yeah, he's very good. He was American in King Kong, wasn't he? Was. He? He, he was, was. Yeah, 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 yeah. Amazing. Cool. Sai, what about you? What have you been uh, swilling on? Talking of Nightmare Fuel, I went to watch a preview of uh, Robert Eggers' latest The Lighthouse last night. Oh, I can't wait. I'm so excited. I don't think my mind has quite recovered just yet. I, I watched it last night and yeah, my, my brain is still, I'm still mopping it up off the floor. <laughs> it's definitely a movie that like sits with you for like a long while after you've left the cinema. And when I first came out, it was a bit like, meh, it's a bit, bit average, but yeah, I've I've just not stopped thinking about it since I've since I've watched it. It's, it's absolutely amazing. Oh wow, wow! Yeah, and the more I think about it, the more enamoured I am with absolutely everything about it. It's like it's an art house film, like without question. <laughs> if he manages to get a good, I mean, because it's been out in America for a while, so and it seems yeah. to have done all right, which is astounding, I think, to to you know the numbers it's done for the type of film it is. But yeah, two really stirring central performances from Willem Dafoe and, and FYR favourite Arpats. Yeah. And the photography is like absolutely sublime. But yeah, it all felt very David Lynch to me. Oh, yeah. right. So obviously that means it's absolutely bonkers, which is <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Did you yeah, like The it. Witch, cool. Simon? I love The His Witch. previous yeah. film, yeah. Because the, 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 um... that, that was the same with me. I wasn't sure I liked it the first time and then I just... It got right under my skin, and I couldn't get it out of my head for exactly weeks the same. afterwards. And this is this is yeah. the same with this. With it on the the Witcher, what do you desire? Oh. I was just like, oh. it's amazing. Oh, fuck I you, goat. Fucking Cool. Nice. Um, what about you, Rob? Uh, this, this. <laughs> <laughs> shall we? Shall we skip on no, to I the, mean, uh, I, the moving swiftly on? <laughs> I've been watching. I only we only have this section so Rob can embarrass himself. Oh, I and I never failed to do so. <laughs> I enjoyed Power Rangers last week. Oh, I'm, I'm well. I'm glad. <laughs> you know, um, this week I've been forced to watch a lot of. Um, oh, how do I describe this without being an idiot? Um, GTA mods on. Um, YouTube, which featured Disney superheroes and, you know, Marvel superheroes. So basically some um, (laughs) mighty dweeb has hacked into uh, GTA and put Spider-Man in there. Um, But he's done it with every single sort of Marvel and DC superhero. So there's a few channels out there, as I'm learning, 
because I've had to watch an awful lot of that this this week. Where yes, and he's been watching this by himself when he's not working. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite hard not to switch it on. You know when you put YouTube on and your you know recommendations come up and they change like this. But no, someone's put in like so they put all the things up and they've made a uh, you know they make the the superheroes race round uh, what is it Los Santos. Um, and you know, like the kids like it, they really, really like it and they cut away before any violence. But the big problem is that there are some scurrilous people on YouTube that actually do these videos, but then don't make it family friendly. So when we click on the next one and suddenly Spider-Man's in GTA macheteing someone (laughs) Or, or, you know, and it's been modded so far that he's like, there was one I saw where literally Spider-Man was in a mansion and he had a pool full of sharks and he was just pushing grannies in it, just shoving them in. And my kids are like, why is he doing that? You asked for this. You opened this this Pandora's box of nonsense. So, yeah, families, do be careful when you open up a GTA mod that says it's full of Disney superheroes because it might not be entirely appropriate. Ah, dear. Anyway, so tonight's movie um, features a little bit of bloodshed. Don't laugh, Sam. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Yes, there's a little bit of crimson uh, in tonight's film. So I wanted to ask you guys, what is the single goriest moment in a film you've ever seen? What do you think? Like the single moment that you've seen has gone like, that is absolutely the goriest thing I've ever seen in a film. Yeah, I feel like this pod is becoming like therapy. So last week we did deep yeah, 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 childhood yeah. trauma, <laughs> and now we're doing just general trauma now. Yeah, so. yeah. That, that last last week was the entry episode to this week's therapy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now this is just everything that's messed yeah, you up yeah, since, basically, right? Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> Um, so before I met you two lovely gents at university, I did a film studies course at Sixth Form, and part of that syllabus was on extreme cinema. So I got introduced to a lot of foreign films that ah. I'd never heard or seen the like of, two of which haunt me to this very day. Oh, my word. So have you guys seen the film Irreversible by Gaspar Noé? Uh, oh, yes. Oh, I haven't, yeah. but I've seen that bit. But- the the item of a fire extinguisher. Uh, oh my was... god, that's in the first two minutes. <laughs> this poor, fe- well, he's not a poor fella. He's a horrible bloke. He g- gets his head caved in with a fire extinguisher in the most graphic, horrendous yeah. detail you've ever seen. Gaspar Noé don't, loves doing that, does he? Like he's very visceral with what he's doing. Yeah, but you have no idea what's going on at this stage because the film plays in reverse, so that's actually the end of the movie. Uh. Uh, yeah, and then it's horrendous, and there's a horrible rape sequence as well yes. at one point in the film, which is, ooh, yeah, no, not fun, not fun. We also watched a Takeshi Mike movie called Audition. Oh, you guys yeah, seen Audition? yeah, yeah, I have yeah. seen that. That was in my oh. when I, I, I think I briefly mentioned my phase of Far Eastern cinema. That <laughs> yeah. was one of the DVDs I bought. It's a really good movie, but Jesus Christ, that ending is horrendous. When the dude gets his foot cut off with piano wire, ooh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> yes. Oh God. Uh, yeah. So, so they they set me up to be. I'm not a gore hound either, really. So no, I, I, I was like, I. I was like so squirming squeamish. in in the um, 
in the classroom watching these. But uh, uh, another recent one, you guys seen Bone Tomahawk? Mate. <laughs> yeah. Mate. This this was actually on my list to mention, James. So but oh, please, you, yeah. please go ahead, honestly. So it's let me ridiculous. try and describe this. <laughs> right, so <laughs> there's these cannibals, isn't there, in Bone Tomahawk? And you think it's just going to be sort of like your standard sort of... Western. Rescue mission but we- not, Western, but it just goes full horror by um as it moves into the third act and so there's these cannibals and they capture one of the um one of the good guys he's not a main character but he's you know he's yes. sort of with uh, Kurt Russell and his posse so they strip the man naked scalp him shove said scalp into his mouth flip him upside down and cut groin first down the middle and split him in half all it's while horrible. Kurt Russell and his lovely Tash watches from inside I think, I think I mean that that I've got to be honest, you've preempted me, me here, James, because I, I cannot get past this one scene. I can't get past this. Is, no, and no. I think, do you know what does it for me is uh, Kurt Russell. Yeah. The way he's, he's looking react- at yeah, him and trying to talk, him, amazing, talk yeah. him down from it, you know, because I'm going to be completely yeah. honest. Nothing like, you know, there's nothing really like, nothing in Hostel or Hostel 2, 3, whatever. No, will no. do it because none of it means anything. Yeah, I think as well, going into a film like Hostel, you know what you're going in for, you know, like, you know, it's a torch porn piece. I thought that Bone Tomahawk was going to be a, a slightly violent Western. Western. Like... Same, same. It's like open range with Kevin Costner. <laughs> and it's like that for ages. And then it suddenly goes to this... I, I love it when a movie takes a, a like a, a left turn big time. But this, yeah. I was not yeah. ready for this at all. It says a lot though how, like, uh, for this question, there are dozens and dozens and dozens of gruesome scenes and we've all picked that as well. Yeah, it really does, <laughs> doesn't it, actually? I love that film, though. That it's film a brilliant is, It's film, really well done. Brilliant Such film. a good film. Yeah, totally agree. I must say, guys, that is not even my most horrific one and my most horrific one is probably the least gory out of all of these. So one that has haunted me ever since I saw it and I'll never be able to get this out of my head ever. It's one of the most sickening moments of violence I've ever seen in any film. So what I'm referring to is the curb stomp in American History X. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. for those of you who haven't seen the film, Edward Norton uh, plays a neo-Nazi in what is a quite incredible performance. And uh, his house is being burgled and he manages to fight back against some African-Americans and he shoots one of them. And then at gunpoint, he makes one of the guys bite down on a curb. And the sound effect they put in there when this guy oh. puts his teeth on the curb was horrifying. Yeah. And then it cuts to a wide, doesn't it? And he actually stamps on what would be a dummy's head. But it's just horrific. It's it's one of the worst things I've ever seen in my oh, it's, life. It's, just, it's the absolute pits, that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, that, so yeah. You know, for our little comedy film podcast. <laughs> Way to bring the tone down, James. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> no, you're right. But surely, like those two that we've just talked about, like the issue of, we're, lo- we're talking about um, Bone Tomahawk and, um, oh, James, just re- refresh my memory there. So American, American History X. Yeah. The, the victories there are for absolute triumphs of sound design as well, aren't they? You know, like those are, yeah, oh, God, like that yeah. sells the effect so, well, as much as anything, really. Yeah. Definitely. So it's it's great filmmaking that makes a violent moment, uh, a gory moment, very, very. Uh, I, I'm struggling with this one today, boys. <laughs> and I'm the one that asked the question. <laughs> I'm struggling. What, uh, Cy, what about you? Well, from one neo-Nazi to a group of neo-Nazis, I mentioned this film the other week, uh, Green Room. Oh, yeah. God, that's gory, that movie. There's a bit in it where uh, all the band are trying to 
they're in the green room trying to keep out all these neo-Nazis from getting in. And Anton Yelkin, who's, I think he's the guitarist in the band. He, not that not that's relevant <laughs> uh, for this conversation. But uh, someone hacks at his arm with a machete. There's a lot of stuff going on at this point, and it's all mental. But then it, that while they, they manage to barricade the door and shut it, he just cuts back to the poor... Anton Yelkin on the floor and his his hand oh, is hanging God. off and his arm's been hacked into oh. and I, I'm just like what like it's absolutely <laughs> horrendous it's, it's oh my like God. there's tendons going on it it's, <laughs> it's true <laughs> it is true <laughs> Oh, this is horrendous. Right, we need to stop with the dry heaves because people are because I am literally dry heaving now at this stage. But uh, I also wanted to like uh, take this chance to mention a film from 2016 called Raw. Uh, oh, I've not seen that. No, I've not this. seen it. Heard it's uh, hard hitting. Again, I'm too scared <laughs> to watch it. It's been on my list. I've got it on my. I recorded it probably two years ago when it was on Film 4 and it's been yeah. sat there ever since. I just yeah, so can't bring myself to watch it. It's a, a French movie from uh, Julia, um, I don't know how to say this, uh, Ducourneau. I don't, oh, it's a, she's a French surname, I can't say it. But it, it's a it's a fantastic movie. Like de- Definitely watch it, it's really, really good. Um, about a first year medical student who gets a taste for human flesh during her initiation term. Sheesh. But there's just a few scenes in that which like just really turned my stomach, and it was just yeah, not in a hostile type Gorno way. No, just you know it made sense in the story, and and it, you know it's the weirdest coming of age story I've ever seen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I will have to try and see this. I feel it was it was one of my favourite films of that year. So um, yeah, it's worth definitely worth a watch. But I, I don't want to pick out one scene, and I don't want to spoil it. Because nice. it kind of that's part of the why it's so good. <laughs> um, but yeah, raw, definitely give it a watch. Nice. Yes, I will. I will once I pluck up the courage. To watch it, <laughs> I, 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 you know, Mark Commode, who I think we all like as a film critic, he he raves about that film. But I'm just I'm too squeamish to watch it. It's a very <laughs> it's a very very good film, and it was like a debut film as well. Yeah, it's, like, yeah. it's insane what what uh, she's achieved. By that film, it's a, it's a, it's an incredible film. Absolutely, I believe Bone Tomahawk was a debut as well. It was, yeah, yeah, yeah it was. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. is that is that are those your picks, Si? Yeah, that, that that's me. That's that's me done. Because Bone Tomahawk was my top pick, and and I think like in all sense of the conversation, it will be. But I had an auxiliary pick ready to go. Bone Tomahawk for me, like the whole shock and gore, the weight of the gore really rests upon Kurt Russell and the way he sells it. He's Shawn Michaels the hell out of all of this. <laughs> it's, it's absolutely <laughs> incredible. Um, and um, well, he is the peak of acting. Oh, he, he is. Shawn he Michael, is. But it's so it's just <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Um, and the way he's whispering to him that you know he'll tell his wife and kids that he you know that he'll tell them that. He died nobly and all this. Like, oh my God, I can't deal with that. <laughs> it's the least noble yeah, death I mean, ever committed. You've literally <laughs> had your bottom be introduced to your mouth. So, you know, uh, I, c- I cannot go with that. But anyway, um, I love that. Uh, massive uh, special uh, mention for the pane of glass in Final Destination 2. You know, the, the kid, because yes. I was just not thinking that they would have the sheer brass to do something like that and kill a 15-year-old yeah. kid that <laughs> grimly, um, which was ace. Well, uh, stay tuned for more potential Final Whoa, Destination 2 yeah. coming up oh, in a few seriously? weeks. Oh, seriously, I love it. Super special um, episode. Oh, nice. Uh, well, I think... Um, 
there's one thing that like I thought was going to be one of my top ones, and that's um, I had the the sheer misfortune of watching Cannibal Holocaust when I was younger, thinking that that's what you know when we we're at film school, that's what you know other people were talking about it, and I thought I should watch it because that is the film that like that properly turned my stomach. So I looked into it today, and I was completely dismayed to see that so much. And I watched some of the scenes again, but so much of the violence in it, not towards the people, but to the animals, was real. And I just, it's, oh, yeah, yeah, it's horrendous. Oh, it's yeah, horrendous. Yeah, I'll never watch it. It's a snuff film. movie. It is. Um, and I, I, I watched a bit with the turtle today, and I'm like, if you, if, right, I'm going to put this out there. And this is, <laughs> I warned you guys that this is the only time you're going to see me sort of like not angry or happy or whatever. But if you think this is good cinema, and if you think this is like, Valid. Oh my God! You need you need sectioning. This is horrendous. <laughs> this is absolutely yeah, horrendous. I've, I've never seen no, it. It's, it. I've never it's, seen it. I've and never it's never like will. it's, it's but it's Gorno with it's with horrible. the real real suffering going on. So it's absolutely terrible. Anyway, to move yeah. away from that as swiftly as we can because we're going to be a positive podcast. <laughs> um, I think like to go back to that moment um, in and that sort of sentiment from Bone Tomahawk, where character is so much a part of the violence and that makes the gore yeah. so much more hard to accept, is when, when Don Vito kills Don Ciccio in Godfather 2. And he walks up to him and he's got... Um, so this is um, what's uh, De Niro walks up to the elderly Don Ciccio and puts a knife yeah. in his stomach and then carves right the way up his torso... Do you guys not remember that? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Oh, that is just because it was the the invasive nature of the knife um, in the middle yeah. of that film. It's just such a classy pick, Rob. It took me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it took me no, that, I think that is like that is like sheer one because you don't often see a lot of violence to the elderly in movies. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really sad now. <laughs> I hope I hope we're doing a Disney movie. <laughs> Hi, I'm George. And I'm Sam. And we're from the That's a Classic podcast on the Flickr and Myth Network. We both bring three films each from a certain genre and we battle it out to find out which is the ultimate classic. So you can listen to us on Flickr and Myth, iTunes or Spotify. Check out what classic we choose every week. Can I ask now whose movie it was this week? It was mine. And you would think I would pick up and cheer everyone on with a lovely Disney throwback, but sadly it's not. <laughs> well, no, James did that last week, so you know, yeah. we can't. Uh, apologies in advance if you came for Simon to pick a Disney throwback. <laughs> <laughs> next time, next time. Next time. Instead, something equally as light-hearted and family-orientated. <laughs> well, light-hearted, yes. Family-orientated, <laughs> nah. <laughs> I'm just going to hit you with a logline. Let's get straight into Let's it. Let's go. The year is 1997, Ooh. and amidst a territorial gang war in Los Angeles, a sophisticated alien hunter decides to join in the fun. The only man between him and his prey is veteran LAPD cop Roger Murtagh. <laughs> uh, no, sorry, it's uh, Lieutenant Mike Harrigan. <laughs> and also Gary Boose is in there as well. <laughs> is he ever? This is uh, Predator 2. It landed in the world's most forbidding jungle. It came for the thrill of the hunt. Now, it's coming to a different kind of jungle. This time, it's open season on all of us. 
Danny Glover, Gary Busey, Ruben Blades, Maria Conchita Alonso, Bill Paxton. Predator 2. Hunting season opens again this Christmas. So this film is set in 97, despite being made in, what was it, 90? Yeah, for no real reason. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. It's the not-too-distant future of seven years. (laughs) I love it. I've got so many questions, I don't understand that choice at all. (laughs) I didn't know. You know, I love the fact that we're discussing it now, still 23 years on from the futuristic setting of the film. (laughs) (laughs) Is there anything in this film that makes you think, yeah, this needed to be set in 1997? (laughs) Absolutely not. Some of the police have little lasers on the end of their guns. Yeah. Uh, uh, (laughs) That that literally is it. I guess the the unrest in LA, would they have kicked off if they said LA was like that in present day? Uh, uh, Maybe. Yeah, possibly, because obviously we, you know, obviously we're all aware of the uh, LA riots, etc. But this is all attributed. That was ninety three, wasn't it? This is pre, yeah, yeah. yeah, This is pre LA riots. Oh, when it was made, but but the timing of the film is post LA riots. So yeah, so it's it's very strange. I think the reason they wanted to do it is because throughout the film, everyone's really, really hot. So they wanted to make out that LA had been ravaged by climate change. <laughs> so we're doing climate change again for a second. Week. No, seriously, I that's what I've read somewhere. Oh, seriously? But why didn't they just say that it was just a heat wave? Like, I don't understand that. Because they sort of just jettison all that halfway through yeah, the film. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, because it, it starts off like, so I, I know we're not, we've got to do our parameters and stuff, but just while this is on my mind, it starts off like a sort of Verhoeven light. Someone had been watching Robocop yeah, yeah, yeah. before Get this they, off your chest, James. Get this, this off your chest. And they, Because they have like the media, um, is it that hardcore report where yeah, that yeah, reporter's yeah. just sort of following all the cops around everywhere and it's like reality TV, isn't it? It's almost mm. like they're trying to do a little bit of satire in mm. very much the way that Verhoeven does in Robocop. And then about halfway through the film, they just went, I can't be bothered with this. <laughs> I find the setting of this very, very interesting, actually. So, yeah, I'm glad this has come up so quickly. So, um, well, the first question would be, Sai, why did you pick it? Right. So this is an interesting one, actually. So, well, it was interesting for me. <laughs> Recently, I found myself on my own browsing endlessly through the choices of movies on Netflix and Amazon and Now TV which I do have all of the subscriptions. <laughs> Show off. <laughs> I ended up watching uh, Shane Black's The Predator, so the latest one. And it was incidentally a film like I really enjoyed, I thought. And rather oddly, it was one of the funniest films I saw last year. <laughs> really, really funny. And then I began to think about the rest of the sort of Predator's like checkered past mm. um, and how it kind of got dragged through the mud up until the same Shane Black sequel, remake, reboot, whatever you want to call it, which didn't get a good sort of reception in itself. And we all know the original Predator is like an absolute classic. It's, I, I, it's my like, go-to yeah, film. Yeah, yeah, I've yeah. seen that film about 20 times. Yeah, so, yeah, 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 it's unbelievable. But then I thought about that film's sequel and... How I remember, like, actually really liking it when I was younger and I watched it, despite its, like, lukewarm reaction at the time. And I haven't seen it for a while, so it it was another punt, I guess. (laughs) And I just wanted to see... I just... A, what I did excuse to watch this film again. And then just to see if it had held up and if it was as good as I remember, slash, you know, was it harshly treated back then yeah yeah um, yeah and does it deserve reconsideration so yeah that's Lovely. why that's why i picked this one so this is in a way this is a bit of a punt for yourself as well then as well isn't it 
You know, like, does it match it up to your own expectations? I haven't seen this for a good 15, 20 years, something Oof. like that. Oof. I haven't seen it for a while. So, yeah, I, I, I was quite um, interested to see whether it held up, actually. Not that it held up at the time. <laughs> really shit reviews. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, James, what about you? What's your history with the film? Uh, first watch, never seen <gasps> it before. <gasps> I can't believe you've never seen <gasps> it. Like, like, no, w- uh, what it was was I, like yourself. I hold the first film in such high regard. So I think when I was about fifteen, sixteen, and the idea of watching this without Arnold Schwarzenegger in was just—it just seemed pointless to me. There was <laughs> no point in doing it. So I never, I, n- I never bothered watching it. And then over the years. It has such a poor reputation and the reviews for it was so bad at the time that I just never had any desire to go and watch it, even though I've seen all of the other ones, apart from the the very latest ones. So I've seen all the yeah, AVP yeah. films yeah. as well. Uh, and Predators, the um, the one with uh, Adrian Brody. Rodriguez one. Yeah, yeah. Which I, I like quite that like, one. actually. I really like yeah, that Yeah, I like one. that. I yeah. think that's really good. Yeah. Absolute hench, hench pianist. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, this is a first watch for me. Oh my! So word. I was in. I was. I was excited to watch oh, it. Good grief! There's absolutely no nostalgia with James, which I worry about. Damn. Yeah, 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 <laughs> Rob, yeah. What about? What, what have you seen it, Rob? Well, um, above our local uh, um, village shop was a little uh, video store, and one of the posters they had in the window was the Predator Two one sheet of Predator standing against the. The, you know that 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 very famous shot of the where he stood against the blue building behind him that's lit up yeah. at night, and he's yeah. holding. It's like a clock, isn't it? It is, isn't it? Yeah. Clock, yeah. And I didn't know that he was holding literally the spinal column and skull of somebody, but um, <laughs> in the poster, that's what it is. Uh, so I remember seeing that and thinking, like, flipping out. That's a serious big daddy grown up movie. When I was, you know, like ten or whatever. So I vowed to watch it one day, and then I did when I was about sixteen, and was completely in love. Oh, so, nice. Um, yeah, Interesting. very nostalgic. I loved it then. Obviously, similar to you guys, like absolutely loved the original. It's a perfect movie, the original. Oh, it is. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. Is. There's, it is. there's nothing like. It's the perfect amalgamation of everything that goes into making a movie good. That so yeah. Uh, um, yeah. so that yeah. Um, but I also have obviously um, a very strong soft spot for Predator Two. Um, so in that case it must qualify in some way Uh, James budget box office how are we doing I'm not sure really with this one so the budget is apparently 35 million dollars but then that conflicts with something that I read later on whereby they didn't hire John McTiernan to do it because his asking price at that time was two million dollars after Die Hard and the Predator Mm. because they wanted to keep the budget relatively low and the same as the first one now the same the first film had a budget of around 18 million dollars wow so I don't know why you wouldn't just hire McTiernan (laughs) if you're going to double the budget anyway (laughs) doesn't make any sense you're going to get a good movie yeah exactly yeah 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 (laughs) Very true. Um, and it made 57.1 million worldwide against the first film's 98.3 million haul. So not as good. No, no. Is that the Arnie factor, do you think? No Arnie? Yeah, I would have thought so, yeah. I mean, because Danny Glover has obviously made two lethal weapons at that stage yeah. and he was in The Colour Purple as well. So he's a very well-known, well-respected yeah. actor and he's made action films as well before. But I wouldn't see him as the sort of guy who could who could headline a a big budget yeah. summer release, which is what I assume like, this was. Like, and he couldn't, I mean, it's a poison chalice in a way. No one could carry on 
uh, into the 90s the no. way Arnie had had the 80s. Exactly. So yeah. there's no one yeah. that could do it. So, But yeah, understood. And it appears that like they tried to get um, Arnie back in, but he wasn't. He didn't like the script and he didn't like the director they chose. Yeah, yeah, that was... Uh, in the yeah, end, so yeah. that's why he didn't do it. And this is going off the, the, the trivia like side of it. Um, you know, apparently the Gary Boosie character was supposed to be Dutch. Yes. From the, yeah, from yeah. the first movie. <laughs> it, you know, he was the expert on the Predator coming in yeah. to sort of clean things up and sort it out. But Arnie Sheesh. didn't want to do it and they didn't want to replace the actor. So they just just yeah change the change the script obviously rewrote a bit and then yeah, yeah. um i mean that's that was an interesting take i think so at that stage in his career schwarzenegger is not going to be playing supporting characters no in, yeah not a movie that yeah, he was the lead in so that wouldn't have worked anyway i think it's an interesting idea like we're going to do a brand new story and we're going to bring these elements in from the first one and yeah. that would have made sense for the Busey character to be Dutch, but I doubt they would have had him. Well, what happens to Busey in this movie <laughs> happens to Arnie. I can't picture that. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's an interesting idea, but I could never see that flying. It's almost like they presented it to him because they had to, but they knew he'd pass on it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 Because they probably couldn't afford him. Yeah. If they thought about not hiring McTiernan because yeah, of the two course, price yeah. tag. Swartz yeah, imagine what way more than pulling down. Because yeah. what's the difference between uh, in years between Predator 1 and Predator 2? What is it? Predator eighty seven came out what nineteen eighty six eighty seven something like that. Yeah. So it's only like three or four years. Yeah. I'm just thinking of how much his bankability has gone up in that time. That's all. Oh yeah, it'd be huge because he's had Terminator by then. Then he's done Predator, and that's the one that really secures him. Yeah, then, and yeah. then he's gone off yeah. and done probably Red Heat and all those other sort of movies that he was doing. I think he was doing Kindergarten Cop around this time as well. So now he's moving yeah. into more family movie. I'm territory a cop, you well, idiot. So. <laughs> yeah. I love that movie. <laughs> uh, no, it's interesting. That it's interesting. So, in which case, I mean, it didn't make back its money, but was it profitable? It, it made so it made more than the production budget. But as we always say on here, you probably got to add on another, you know, yeah. nearly the same again on the budget or two thirds of the budget. So it's probably only just about broke even yeah. when you take into account right. uh, promotion and marketing. Yeah. Okay. So uh, critically, then, Sai, how did we do? Uh, well, this is where it qualifies with a plum. <laughs> <laughs> I was, you know, I I was qu- quite surprised by this because obviously when you're younger and you're watching films like this, you're. I'm not reading Empire every week, even though Empire reviewed it quite favorably. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not really fully invested in the whole critical spectrum of things, and um, so I wasn't aware of this. Rotten Tomatoes has it at twenty nine percent critical. Uh. Um, which is very, very low. Audience of 44, so not much better. Metacritic, as we usually find by this, Metacritic is a bit more favourable. 46 for the critics, 7.2 for the users, and then Letterboxd, uh, 2.8. You know, what's the point? <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to the, the, the Mick LaSalle metric, shall yeah! we? Mick LaSalle reviewed it. Of course he did. Becoming the did. metric that matters. We really need a jingle for Mick LaSalle. We need I know, to work we do, on that. We do. I, I, I'll get Mark Ronson on the blow. I'll get him to do as a yeah, jingle yeah. like he did for Jonathan Ross. <laughs> <laughs> Mick LaSalle, I don't think he gives a star rating, so it's kind of hard to sort of... Metacritic said he'd give it 50 out of 100, so take that what you were you know, yes. two and a half stars is that two out of four whatever 
Mick does. But he said um, almost all of its screen time is taken up with explosions, chases, shootouts, heads coming off, folks getting sliced in half. And the odd thing is, after 40 minutes, it's not that disturbing anymore. (laughs) Just really dull. (laughs) Oh, man. Mick wasn't that big of a fan. However, uh, Ian Nathan in Empire, which... I'm finding a bit of correlation recently in terms of the English publications to how we view films. Oh, right. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. We haven't got to the verdict on this particular one. Oh, that's interesting. But Empire give it four stars. Yeah. I read that review. Uh, so that review's from 2000. So they went back and did a oh, did they? retrospective nice. on it. I think when they were doing their archives, basically. So that's even more beneficial to the film because it's it like is. nine yeah, years yeah, after yeah. its release yeah. that they've given Absolutely. it a proper appraisal. So yeah, this was by Ian Nathan. And he said, um, given Arnold Schwarzenegger and director John McTiernan had declined to return, this sequel to their macho sci-fi rumble in the jungle is surprisingly good. So yeah, I'm I'm over that. Nice. Eber didn't like it, but we'll we'll, we'll we won't go. <laughs> <laughs> One out of his customary four. No, two. Out, give it two? two out of four. Oh well, then you know he saw. It. He's really harsh though, Eber. You've got to get three for him to give it three out of his four for him to that to be considered like an all right movie. Ebert said, since the Predator is imaginary, but the people who made the film are not. <laughs> Predator 2 speaks sadly of their own lack of curiosity and imagination. Uh, which, yeah, I, whatever. Well, I, I, disagree. <laughs> I totally disagree with that. I'll, I'll let it <laughs> I mean, they didn't have a disc in the first one. Well, no. no well, Imagine that. Listen in. Listen in, <laughs> those from RogerEbert.com, because I'm going to take you down later on. So that's uh, fine. A bit late for Rog. Well, no. Rog has already <laughs> been taken why, down. Which is why I reference the people people working on his website and not him. <laughs> anyway, anyway. Uh, why did I say referenced? Was I speaking Van Damme again? <laughs> it is why I referenced. Uh, anyway, right. The film. Let's yeah, the I film. mean, I know. I just, I'm, I'm, like, I'm interested because... Because straight away we're faced with the setting, aren't we? And um, I think the, one of the biggest things in Predator that sticks with you is the music. You know, ba 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 Totally. From little-known composer Alan Silvestri. So he's got a few decent credits. So obviously he did the first Predator. He did these films called the Back to the Future trilogy, Forrest Gump, and apparently this film did really well at the box office, Avengers Endgame. So yeah, oh, so all those little art houses. I mean, <laughs> even I've heard of a couple of those. So you know, yeah, Big Al is uh, <laughs> is one of the big boys when it comes to big scores. Did he do the the latest one as well? Because I remember the score being very good in that as well. Uh, it was you know, it took a lot of cues from. from oh, yeah, ones, but... for for the Predator or Predator, whatever it was called. Yes, he did. Sorry, yeah, he did. He did score oh, the Predator. Yes, again, the score Gorgeous. is brilliant. But yeah, I reckon you watch it because. The first hour is genuinely hilarious. It's so, so funny. Not that a Predator film is supposed to be funny. <laughs> if they'd gone, this is a spoof on the Predator movies, it would have been pretty good. <laughs> it's really funny. Oh, no, I'd, I really want to see it. Because um, this is how the, yeah, this I film opens with that Silvestri score, doesn't it? Like swirling, yes. going from the jungle in a helicopter shot to L.A., and um, I thought yeah. it was a really great opening minute. This going from that to the uh, like sort of like turf war riddled LA all in one yeah. go. Yeah, and, and we're really thrown into a war. Zone, yeah, yeah. I thought it was great because you're expecting like obviously the jungle setting from the first one, and then the same bum 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 bum, and you're in the you know 
gunfire. An urban jungle. That's the word jungle. I'm looking for, yeah. James. Yeah, <laughs> urban jungle of LA and Predator looking at it through his infrared lens. Yeah. Love it. And he's, unlike the first film, he's right in the mix straight away into the Predator. Oh, yes. Is, yeah. yes. Like there's no slow reveal. You know what you're getting, right? Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like, this is amazing. This is like going to a soft play centre. This is immense. Get my shoes off. I'm getting involved. <laughs> does he have shoes? Does the predator have shoes? I do don't think? think he does. Do you think they have like a store on their on their planet, like a like an Aldo or a Clark's, <laughs> yeah. like for predators? <laughs> Massive Footlocker. <laughs> Clark's? Did you what? say Clark? <laughs> Gorgeous. Uh, I actually think we could probably spin through this first like half an hour really quickly. Oh, so yeah, it's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're just in this LA battleground, which is, you know, it's become this kind of war zone for rivaling drug gangs of Central America. Or is it like South America? So there's Colombians and Jamaicans, isn't there? The yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're all really... Drug what cartels. I liked about this film is how sensitively and non-stereotyping... Uh, <laughs> and no, uh, there's no casual racism at all in the opening half an hour with the depiction of these gangs. It's such a weird one because apparently the, the voodoo Jamaican gang were based on an actual gang who terrorised New yeah. York in the 80s. Yeah, I think if you if you actually wanted to call out like, like a properly... Um, a properly ignorant stereotype. You could say that uh, in in making these guys Jamaican drug lords who do black magic, you could say very quickly that black magic has no real place in Jamaican culture, and it's actually Haitian culture that it's part of. Yeah. So you could just go. <laughs> yeah, that was the bit that I. Yeah, read. yeah. So it'd be like, well, these guys <laughs> would just find this laughable, but, <laughs> but you know. So, uh, but either either way, like, no, I, I agree. I mean, they're they're all just baddies. You know, I mean, there's no character yeah. development really afforded anyone in this film. So there's, no, it, no. it's not like, you know, I don't know. But I know just what you're yeah. saying, James. Every, there's a few stereotypes being enjoyed here. They're, they're, they're the bits that clanged for me in this opening 40 minutes. Like, I was like, that's not aged so well. Um, but yeah, th- uh, this is not a realistic portrayal of societal issues no, no. by any Absolutely stretch. Right. And, you know, so everything in this film is turned up to... 45 <laughs> the violence yes. and the characters and that goes along with the stereotyping as well <laughs> yeah but we get introduced to uh danny glover at this point yes who is um who for me is the real villain of the movie <laughs> <laughs> what he's he arrives in the shirt version of last week's mustard clooney pants <laughs> he does yeah he, he did does. make me he's very sweaty oh yeah well, everyone's really sweaty aren't they about them in the in the first one, the predator was attracted to war zones because it's a hunting zone, isn't it? So, um, and he obviously saw like again, he obviously saw the con. I don't know. I'm not in the mind of the freaking predator, but he must have seen that that this was a war zone of equal violence that he could go and have a bit of fun in. That's, that's yeah, what I thought. I think but so. I also, from a from a script writing point of view, you're challenged with you know like right, we've had we've got this monster hit, and I actually applaud the the filmmakers here for trying to do something different than just a rehash. I agree. Yeah. I yeah. agree. To be honest, yeah, they've yeah. T- they've picked up the central concept and they've not just rehashed it at all. They've taken it to a whole nother place and they've actually advanced it so it feels like a sequel but still stands alone by itself. You know, with by having Gary Boozy's guys being there and look at, you know, like yeah, we've got yeah. information, we've got intel on this thing, but never actually really, you know, well, realising it because the Predator is just too yeah. badass to kill yeah. them all. <laughs> Spoiler alert, you know. <laughs> I think that's good because I think that whole first half, to be honest, is just a 
setup of this gangland war, what's going on with the drugs. It introduced us to these cops. It introduced us to Gary Boosie's DEA agents, yeah. well, who appear to be just taking over the investigation uh, of yeah. all the deaths in the drug gangland. It's brilliant. Thing, which pisses off Harrigan and his team, who are really hell-bent on still being involved. And they, you know, that's when they uncover that there's something else going on. Yeah, yeah. And that's kind of what that first half is, isn't it? It's just... Definitely, yeah. definitely. I just don't understand the time jump. I still I still don't get the time no, jump. I don't I know mean, why it's necessary. I've got, to, I've got to be honest. I think it's just the state of LA, to be honest. I think it's just yeah. making an excuse. Yeah. You know, look at the budget of it. They they wanted to keep the cost down, so they just shot it in LA. You know, that's where the yeah, film yeah, studios yeah. are. They shot it in LA. They realized the script, LA didn't match what was going on in the script. So they were like, well, how can we explain it? Let's just yeah, put yeah. it in the near future and it's a fucking drug war. Like, because yeah. if, if you say that's a <laughs> that we televise. <laughs> yeah, if you if you put that in a... And it's like exactly what Robocop did in, yeah, in yeah. Detroit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't necessarily future future where you've got flying cars yeah. and all that sort of stuff it was just this sort of you know this near distant reach of what could happen yeah, yeah. in the near future yeah, yeah. it's a great yeah. way of describing it i think you're right james you know they definitely take cues from verhoven and robocop like absolutely. Yeah. yeah i just don't think they committed to it enough for it to seem worthwhile i think that's probably my where i'm bumping against it it is ridiculous it's don't it. get me wrong. but to, I've, got, I've got to be honest lads i totally forgot that this was set in 97 so when it was, yeah. I only remembered, uh, well, I only knew, to be honest, when you said it, when you did the log line sign, I didn't think this was set anywhere near the future or anything like that. I just thought, like, oh, that's a, that's a fun interpretation of what's going on. You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> I, did, I just didn't read anything into it at all. Um, but I can completely understand all the points that yeah. we've got. Yeah, it, cool. It that's it. <laughs> no, it is interesting. But yeah, so yeah, that, that first bit, you've got the Colombian drug gang, you've got a Jamaican drug gang. You've got the cops trying to stop all that going on. And in the meantime, you've got a predator waiting in the wings, just looking at all oh, this. Oh, and he loves like, it all, doesn't he? Yeah, and, yeah. But he's looking, for me, he's looking for a, um, you know, like the ultimate quarry. Like they've had a bit of Dutch from the first film and they're like, oh, sheesh, we need a dude like this. And then good old Danny Glover swans in with his mustard shirt and is driving cars around all over the place. And the Predator, I mean, you can hear him salivating, you know, because a lot of it's from Predator yeah, yeah. Who, like, oh, oh, and he's looking they, at Glover like, oh, the sound effects a lot they really do. Them. Like, it's like, it's like literally like he's, he's salivating at the sight of Danny Glover here. He's like, oh my God, this guy <laughs> flipping it. This guy's the man. Yeah, yeah. And then we get um, 80s film favorite, well, cult film favorite, Bill Paxton pops up. Right. So He's the, yeah. you, God rest him. Um, yeah. yeah. And he's like, hey, hey, it's my, you know, being secret is my specialty. Hey, you know, he's unbelievable yeah. in this film. <laughs> Did Bill Paxton have some sort of inner ear problem while he was filming this? Because he shouts every single <laughs> line of dialogue. <laughs> Most likely, most likely. I love him. I love him. He's great. Yeah. And he's playing but, like this what, cocky, what, braggadocious oh, guy. Yeah. Into, I like... love the fact in this, though, that he takes that role of being the cocky, braggadocious guy and he actually makes him really likeable. Yeah. You know, like he actually manages to do it with... with. I mean, it's like, if you listen to what he says, he's very rarely, you know, like uh, sympathetic, but he manages yeah. to make yeah. him sympathetic by the time, obviously, he meets his, you know... Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of that, um, there's loads of um, this, like this early period when Predator's sort of like finding his feet in LA and he's wiping out uh, King Willie's bad guys and the Colombian bad guys. And yeah, yeah. he's stringing them all up, all over the gaff. And skinning oh, them. It's like, it's so much, 
the first film is violent, but they really take oh, it up. Oh, they a notch do, don't they? In this I, one, I think like, you know the second the second uh, predator outing in this where he there's that uh, there's a like a black magic sacrifice of one of the Colombian drug lords, and um, predator comes in obviously and he sorts everybody out and all that kind of stuff, and then when they go when Danny Glover and Billy the character's name is who is oh what's, gosh what's his name Raul uh, Raul uh, no 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 oh what is his name oh Danny is called Ruben Ruben Blades yeah Ruben Blades Blades I love it yes Ruben Blades Blades yeah, when they go in there uh, with Leona as well and uh, Bill Paxton and they see this, I mean, it's like, I think that's an amazing set that when they go in and they're all strung up upside down, skinned and, you know, and there's like the wind whistling through from the broken windows. I think it's an amazing, amazing moment. I love that. Yes. So I said earlier that I thought that Danny Glover was genuinely the villain in this particular, <laughs> in this particular <laughs> so film. It, right. And my reason for this being is uh, not not to spoil everything too much, but his entire team gets murdered by the Predator, apart from Leona, which we'll come on to when, when we get to that. <laughs> bit. So Bill Paxton and his number two as well that get awfully waxed, all because... He's not doing what Gary Busey's saying. He's been a renegade cop <laughs> outside of the outside of the rules, and he's getting people killed because he won't follow the chain this of command. He keeps he whispers everything. He may go toe to toe with the predator going on there, but he's the worst human being in the world. Right? <laughs> he gets all of his friends killed because he sends them off to do things that they're not supposed to be doing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's like, I yeah. I never thought about come, that. And, you know, true. Hey, true. come back and meet me here at midnight, okay? You know, and by the time midnight <laughs> comes round, oh well, he's dead. <laughs> you know, he's gone to a place and he's dead. <laughs> yeah. Um. Aside from that um, issue with Glover and his intentions, uh, I um, I, I mean, I like him in this film actually. I think you know he's got. Oh, I think he's really yeah, good yeah. because he knows that it's quite a ridiculous, over the top, is, isn't it? Sort yeah, of yeah. story, and he plays he really it does like a great in that job first opening it. sequence when he's going round the corners and stuff like that. He's not trying to look like a real. No, cop. no, like no. he's just bouncing round the yeah. corners with his gun and like he never stops. He never sits still. He's having a great time. That that double take on the roof when he sees Predator in camo. You know when he's like, uh-huh? yeah. Uh-huh? yeah. Yeah, yeah, I love it. So on, it? He really does, yeah. And we do as well. Because Predator, like in the first one, it was always about how, you know, hiding the Predator and drip revealing the Predator to us. Whereas this is just like, right, you guys know what's coming, know you know. Yeah, but yeah. So you can have him early, but don't worry, there's going to be some surprises later on. A huge surprise. A big surprise. <laughs> <laughs> He's not in it. <laughs> oh, if only. If only. If only. Well, he was supposed to be in the first one, wasn't he? He was. He yeah, he was. One, he was too small. <laughs> uh, uh, yes, yeah. No one wants to fight, you know, like... <laughs> a person that can't jump up in the air, like or can't, you know, like be physically posing like that. So for me, when the film really starts in earnest is when Danny Glover's character goes to see King Willie, and then King Willie falls foul of the Predator in one of the most hilarious cuts I've ever seen. Oh, so like, yeah. he's ready to take him on. He pulls like a sword out, doesn't he? And like the Predator comes down and approaches him, walking through a puddle, and then it's like. They're about to throw down, aren't they? And then it's just a really crisp sort of match cut. And it's just like <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Willie's yawning mouth as he's like in a rictus grin as he's had his head James, James who's, who's Uncle Willie? That's what you called him. Uncle 
<laughs> oh, cool. King <laughs> Willy. <laughs> I thought there must have been a bigger scene here of Willy versus the Predator. Or King Willy, don't make me yeah. say Uncle Willy. King Willy versus the Predator. Um, and it turns out, no, that is exactly as it was written. That ma- that cut yeah, was yeah. exactly yeah, as written cuts. in the script. But when I looked into this, this ended up dragging me down the wormhole of deleted scenes for Predator 2 and cuts yeah. made to Predator 2. What's the name? Director Stephen Tompkins? So, is it Stephen? Stephen Hopkins. Stephen Hopkins. 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 Stephen Tompkins is that Who's, t- who's Stephen Tompkins? Yes, <laughs> Stephen Hopkins said that um, there was 20 cuts to get this down to approval for theatre. Yeah, it got an NC-17 on its first submission, yeah. which is obviously like death in America. Yeah. So they had to keep recutting it to get it down to an R because of the right, right, violence. Right. So that made the sort of like the under, you know, the the fan base, the fan community, speculate as to just how many, you know, like deleted cuts versions of Predator Two there was out there. Yeah, and it spawned this whole sub community of people who chased down different cuts of Predator Two. So I, it's f- absolutely fascinating. So I've done a little look into it about things that were dropped. So if this is an all right time to talk about things that were dropped. Yeah, yeah, yeah go for it. Loads of extensive stuff about uh, his name is Pope, the reality TV guy. He filmed loads of stuff about, you know, what was going yeah. on. He was at every crime scene filming extensive monologues to camera. All of it was cut from about, as you say, James, the 40-minute mark. So you're absolutely right. Like, he cuts out at that point because the runtime is just getting ridiculous. So you just don't yeah. see him anymore. Well, Danny Glover punches him in the face and we never see exactly, him again. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> when, in fact, he did it for every crime scene going on from that point. So <laughs> that's amazing. The other one is that um, uh, the Bill Paxton issue... Well, there's Danny's funeral. There was a massive funeral filmed for Danny and uh, yeah. everyone was there and all that kind of stuff. But also this, um, I'm going to bring in uh, Leona. The reason that Predator spares Leona eventually, and this is not a spoiler because <laughs> the story's not high art, yeah, cerebral yeah. quality. <laughs> so, uh, but it's like, um, it's a pregnancy angle. She's pregnant. Yes. Yeah. And um, when they're in the pub earlier and that bit where Paxton is like, hey, where are my nuts or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> My nuts are fine, yeah. That's actually um, Leona's birthday party. Oh, right. And the extended cut of that scene is that it's um, she reveals her pregnancy to her husband at that scene. Mm. Um, oh, no, so oh, she right. reveals that she's feeling sick and she's got a mystery illness. And, um, yeah, it, it's like mad. And then she tells Jerry. And that's why Jerry's character arc changes. He becomes a sweeter guy and starts getting dead protective. He protects her, yeah, he? yeah, yeah. He gets dead protective yeah. over her, and that's why on the subway he's really protective of her because he knows. So, oh, that would have been so I much know, better. If those I know. Moments were actually really? in the film. I think with this film, why one of the reasons I do actually like this, and on this rewatch I do like it, is because it expands the sort of honour behind the Predators themselves mm. and it gives them a bit of more... Totally of agree. Yeah, I really agree with that. Rather than, like, you know, in the in the first film, it's just this alien who wants to kill everyone. In this, you get a bit of it, you know, the, there's the kid in the cemetery where he doesn't kill him because yeah. he's not a threat and he doesn't kill Leona because she's pregnant. And it, it sort of expands that alien race yeah, has does. a bit more of a character it gives a bit more of a character to him i, I totally agree it, it makes it so much more interesting than just a faceless alien that kills everything yeah it really does really does that's a shame they got rid of that I scene know. Though, isn't it? to build off that though there is one scene that i wish they kept in that they filmed which you just can't find anywhere because i really have looked since watching this is um do you remember that there's this a moment where danny glover's outside a taxidermy shop and it's got loads right, of like yeah. dead 
birds in the window and all that. Do you remember that? Not really, but go on. <laughs> okay, okay. It, I mean, it's such a throwaway clip, really. But in, they actually filmed Predator walking into a taxider, that taxidermy shop and having a look around admiring the trophies. Because he's, he himself is a trophy <laughs> hunter, like a customer, him wandering about in there. I mean, I'd love it if we cut from him wandering about in there to him back sat in his armchair on that spaceship admiring his newly acquired stuffed squirrel or something like that. But I just like the idea that he's going through the taxidermy shop like a kid swapping football yeah, stickers exactly, in the playground. Yeah, exactly. Like, got, got. got Got need, need, need. <laughs> and the need is loads of rubbish, rubbish vermin from our on our on our planet. Yeah, need so is like good. a varnished turtle. <laughs> <laughs> no, Tur- you can't say because he is quite petulant. Like they are just big game hunters. Oh yeah, at the yeah, end of the, yeah. Day. the predator. <gasps> like, yeah, like, I'm not letting them off just because they don't murder children. They are just murdering people for no reason, <laughs> just for their own enjoyment. But there's a few examples in this, like. He won't murder Leona because she's pregnant. Yeah. He won't murder that old granny later on because, well, she's an old granny and she's not really any threat. You know, so, yeah, like you say, Si, there is an honour code to the Predators. Yeah. I yeah. love that. Yeah, I think because all that gets revealed when uh, Gary Boosie's character sort of gives all that away when the, it's revealed that they're not the DEA. Oh, yeah. They've actually been tracking what happened in the jungle in the first film. Yeah. And they've been trying to catch whatever this predator is because this is a different yeah. one from well obviously different one yeah from the first yeah one. The first one blew himself up that was jungle hunter and this is city hunter apparently according to the law of predators yeah so th- they think they've got the upper hand on them because they figured out what they do and yeah keys who's gary boost's character is it like a meat locker yeah and they yeah. set up a big meat yeah. locker. yeah this sets up the ending basically so this is a really Good scene to set up the ending. It does, yeah. Because from now on, it's just a load of dust-ups between Keyes and his team and uh, Danny Glover's yeah, character yeah. and the Predator, basically. So it's just one big rumble after another. And I'm, Although we've sort of skipped over the really good subway sequence oh, as well. Yeah, with, yeah. When, when poor old Bill Paxton gets absolutely iced by the Predator. Right, we need to talk about it. It's such a good sequence. And um, again, like loads of practical effects. Again, we love it here on the pod. But practical so, so good. Well, the, the lighting, lighting really it, it is, yeah. It's so good. And it's oh, it's terrifying. It did that brilliant thing where you go from a clean face in normal light to suddenly strobe and it's covered in blood. That yeah. kind of thing. And it gives such a like terrifying urgency to everything. Yeah. And yeah. Predator being in there. It's good when it all goes off on the subway. It is really good, like, isn't it? Really good. Yeah. And then you think it get, the film gives you sort of uh it does this a couple of times where there's a fake out where you think someone might still be alive, but no, the predator's just waiting for Danny Glover to come onto the scene so that he can rip <laughs> uh, Bill Paxton's oh, spine out in front of I, him. I, that, and that's another one of those those sound design moments that is terrible, like <laughs> You know, as he takes his head off, like, and drops him on the, like, oh, my God, what is wrong with you people? Oh. But uh, in that moment, Bill Paxton got a great honour as he's the only man to have been killed by an alien, a predator, and a Terminator right. at it, that point. He got the hat trick. Give this man every award there is going. Uh, yeah, I, I saw this on uh, on Twitter, actually. Um, and this was actually a question on my, I, I don't know if you guys remember, on my 30th birthday, I did a pub quiz. Oh, I do. And this was yeah. one of the questions. Who was the actor who got killed by the predator? Terminator? Oh, And then yes. uh, someone on Twitter tried to debunk that and said Lance Henriksen is also another one. 
who got killed by the Predator, an alien, and the Terminator. Is that true? Apparently. Is he killed in AVP by a Predator? Well, this was the thing. So in AVP, he's killed by a Predator. Uh, he's killed by uh, the Terminator, obviously, in the first one. Yeah. But then there was a lot of everyone, uh, you know, there was a sort of um, reboot to him. And they said, no, 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 Ripley killed Bishop. The alien didn't kill Bishop. All the alien did was rip him in half. Didn't actually kill yeah, him. Yeah, he's yeah, still yeah. alive. Yeah. Yeah. And, still and, alive. Yeah. So Paxton. <laughs> and he was an android, so could he actually be killed anyway? Look, well, this... <laughs> you're very right, mate. I mean, his sentience could have been... I mean, you could have put it on a hard drive and passed it on to anything. You could have made your toaster <laughs> bishop too, couldn't you? <laughs> no, no difference. I love a segue. Unless you've had your head ripped off by the Predator, that you know, it doesn't count. Paxton wins. Paxton wins. Paxton's definitely, yeah, <laughs> definitely the worst one he has. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's had ripped um, off by the Predator. But yeah, I love that, because it goes from this first hour of gangland warfare the cops trying to figure out what's going on so then two really good three really good scenes it is yeah so this one then we go into the meat locker with Goosey which is really great and really tempting it's it's, it's kind of like aliensy isn't it it because they've all it is very aliensy it's liberally borrowed from aliens definitely particularly with the radar yeah definitely definitely um can I um I, I just adore that scene where uh Busey explains to Harrigan what's going on. Can, uh, can yeah. someone please, you know, he's like, uh, he says something like, and he's come here from another planet to, you know, to, to hunt the, the greatest hunters in our world. And Harrigan's like, what are you saying? You know, and Busey says, what does he say? Someone else say it, please. I can't say it. A fucking alien. Right. How good is that? <laughs> it's absolutely <laughs> unbelievable. And for me, I think that heralds the award of a new... Um, well, sorry, the the sort of inauguration of a new award on the podcast. Can I suggest from here on, we have the Busey Curry Award for someone in the films that we, we enjoy uh, once a week that just goes above and beyond loving the role to a point of no return. <laughs> Can we? Because this guy is just out of this world beauty as far as i'm concerned and then when you look at it he is in every film you ever see him in yeah but in this period he is i mean he was in the first lethal weapon yeah well, wasn't yeah, he? So, yeah like he's worked with danny glover oh, before yeah. like this whole period he's just absolutely jacked up on cocaine yes <laughs> yes i believe that's also correct. i think he's had he'd had a motorcycle accident so this was his first oh, film yeah. back after that it was like mega thing, near so. fatal as well wasn't it it was yeah yeah he, and some would argue he's never been the same since <laughs> Yeah, I, I've actually just remembered some, you know, because you took that that was a good bit of trivia that James. I've actually just remembered some other bit of trivia, Rob, which I can't believe hasn't been mentioned yet, oh which word. I think you'd enjoy. I know where you're going with this. This is proper segue because we're going we're going backwards. Do you know who the who the studio really kept pushing to be the lead instead of Danny Glover after Arnold Schwarzenegger oh my word. passed? Tell me, it's JCVD. Who would your second choice be? Steven Seagal. Steven Seagal. Oh! <laughs> Oh, 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 could you imagine? So, so the, could you imagine? You've got Stephen Hopkins to uh, blame for that because he would not have that. Oh! So like, no, no. <sighs> but, but Rob, uh, Seagal went on to another Jamaican themed oh, Mark uh, for Death. movie, Mark yes, for Death. Yes. Yes, so it all well, worked I mean, out. Everyone got what they wanted in the end. Uh, well, I, I love, I love how this is is, is classed as a a, a a Jamaican movie. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I love that. You know, like 
This, I mean, Seagal's golden era, Mark for Death is like a, a like the middle anchor point of the golden era. I mean, but can you imagine if you could say, oh, yeah, the Seagal's golden era. Um, yeah, of course you had Nico, Hard to Kill, Predator 2, and Out for Justice. <laughs> How good would yeah. that be? Pretty solid run. That, that would have been done. amazing. Yeah, pretty yeah, solid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I definitely oh, would love to see him doing that. You know, judo, judo. Yeah, chops. judo throw judo an eight foot predator who would have nothing and chop his knees off. <laughs> love it all. <laughs> anyway, sorry for that uh, diversion, but I felt it needed to be said. <laughs> I totally Are you kidding me? This is so, so important. Back to the meat locker. And uh, B- Boosie, this is where Boosie shines because you oh, think yeah. he's dead. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a great fake out. <laughs> yeah, and then cover. Yeah. You know, because there's a lot of points here where Danny Glover is a bit of a badass. Oh, like, yeah. Straight yeah, he is, yeah. Senior, he's a bit yeah. of a badass. You know, he gets totally done in by the Predator's, like, shoulder cannon, but he's got a bulletproof vest on. You know, so it's like that's, you know, done well there. And then Boosie comes back in, like, he's, half his face is burnt off. Yeah. And he's, yeah. Got, he's got, like, um... I don't know what it is. Is it like an ice gun or something? Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah something like, like, like <laughs> Liquid nitrogen. Freeze him. Something I don't know, but it's something equally nonsensical. Yeah, and then um, then Boosie gets it, like as you know the double fake out, as you said, Rob. After Paxton, you think, oh, he's all right. And then Boosie gets it with a new weapon. They introduce quite a lot of new weapons. Oh, in this yeah, movie from the first one. And it's like this disc, isn't it? Like yeah. a lovely little disc yeah. which he chucks. And Did just... Ultimate Frisbee exist before this movie? Because I think the Predator invented it. Because he basically chucks a frisbee at. Busey and it, they're in like a they're in like uh, Rocky's training dojo, aren't they? With all the hanging meat in the slaughterhouse, and it goes through about four or five cow carcasses, and then it hits. Busey is behind another carcass, isn't he? That's hanging, and it hits him in the midsection. <laughs> you just see his legs collapse oh, underneath, and then a big splodosh of blood. It, I, I, I truly think that's a brilliant death, actually. For yeah. you know, for this it's kind great, of movie yeah. at this kind of era, that is a one of a kind ace death. That yeah, brilliant. And I think it's really well shot with the you know because it chops through the other um, <laughs> quarters of beef as it goes through. You yeah, know, yeah. Drops them mm. all, and then oh, I think it's really, really good. Yeah, it's fun. Um, yeah, there's yeah, there's so really much of this good. sequence that I really enjoyed. The fact that Boozy was the lone survivor of his <laughs> ill-fated mission, uh, but that it was also I mean Glover tooling himself up and running on in there. Um, have you also noted by, noticed by this point that every single line of Glovers in this film is ADR whispering? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I, I wanted to bring this up. This is this is a good, it's a really good point. I noticed there's a lot of ADR in this. Yeah. There is a hell of a lot of ADR. Yeah. So ADR is um, automated dialogue replacement, which is essentially the redoubling of dialogue to match the video because the onset recording was deemed like unusable, whether it was a... You know, there was background noise or the recording thing. Was eighty percent of this movie was ADR? Seriously, and it and it no, no. I'm saying it, it seems like oh right. I thought I thought that was ADR. factual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I agree with you. I think it must be. It really detracts from the film itself. I only noticed one bit where it wasn't in play when Danny Glover was with Adam Baldwin's character. They were looking at the the monitors in this in the meat thing. Oh yeah, that was the only bit I yeah, noticed. Yeah, where yeah, yeah. Was like. Actually, this was recorded on on set. Like literally, there. Did the audio yeah. guy turn up for work? <laughs> or did he just 
<laughs> or did the predator <laughs> disembowel him en route? I don't know. It's ridiculous. Know. It's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, I, I'm glad you mentioned that, Rob. No, it's I was uh, just like, well, I, I'm, is this too? I'm not too picky to mention. No, it's not at all, mate. Because uh, yeah. I'm not clued in enough to know that kind of stuff, really. But it was only because with Glover, it was so obvious because he whispers so many of his lines. He whispers all of yeah. his dialogue. And, yeah. He's and always when there's it. gunfire, you can't hear a whisper. You, you know, it yeah. can't be done. <laughs> <laughs> the vast majority of the movie looks like it's done in ADR. And it does sort of ha- ruin it a bit because it, the performances aren't in the moment. They're yeah. in a sound yeah. studio yeah. after the yeah. fact. And it it does it does have an effect on it. Yeah. We're on the home stretch now for the film. so Yeah, we are. I mean, I, I love this business where we end up with Glover confiscates the, uh, the lovely... Super frisbee, or whatever frisbee. he called it, <laughs> and he gives. Um, oh no, there's, he doesn't buy. He gives a load of um, gunshots to the predator, city city mm. hunter, and um, sends him to the deck. And he has to have a look at him, you know. And uh, it, it's a Stan Winston masterpiece, isn't it? When he has a look at him, it's such a great creation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've mentioned the sound effects quite a lot. This was really one of those moments, isn't it, where the sound effects when he's taking the mask, he's taking the oh yeah, off and it's like. <laughs> And then, and then, like you hear the like the little wetness when he was like, you know, as he takes it off his head, you know, it's lovely. He's absolutely disgusting. He's not a lovely. No, he's not. He's not. He's not. (laughs) He goes, "You are one ugly." And then the predator just pipes up with, "Motherfucker!" (laughs) Yeah, in a Germanic accent, so good. Like the legend of Arnie from the first film has carried on through the predator species, which suggests that they've they've been that they study. Uh, um, yeah, they're yeah. previous you have to. hunts and stuff like that. So that must be like when we talk about like a great game of football from years. Yeah, previous. yeah, yeah. It's like that's what they're chatting about in the Predator <laughs> Bar on their Predator Planet. Yeah. It's like oh, Predator <laughs> Jungle Hunter versus Dutch yeah. and that crazy accent, and he was built like a brick shit house. And oh god, he just kept coming and coming, and then he covered himself in mud. And we learned this unbelievable phrase, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get these. I'll get this round. I'll get this round. Should, I've got to tell should we do you about the rest of Should we this. do shots? <laughs> to Dutch. To Dutch. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. No, it's, it's so right. Because um, I learned... Um, oh, no. <laughs> Let's save that. But I wanted to know the names. Are there names? Do the Predators have names in this? And it turns out they do. So I've got a list of the names of the Predators that appear in <laughs> wow, this. Amazing. Really? I'll wait till they appear on screen. But yeah, yeah. It's, it's so basically, Predator and Danny Glover do a lot of fighting, don't they? Yeah. He goes off of, uh, off a drain pipe and through some old days bathroom where he does some... Uh, so he does some self surgery on himself, the predator, after having his arm lopped off, which is great. Very lovely, terminated. yeah, Very lovely terminated. stuff. This. I love all that um, using porcelain tiles as your, you know, like the basis for like a lovely Bunsen burner quickie fix up. You know, it's yeah, so yeah, good. Yeah. It's like resin. Yeah, or something. yeah, so yeah, great, yeah, lovely, so great. Yeah. But uh, during this sequence, James, I, I really sorry to interrupt. I really enjoyed the like the sonic design of predators, predators howling. You know, it felt like otherworldly, yeah, yeah. like that. <laughs> You know, like, uh, uh, unbelievable, <laughs> like, whoa, so weird. Not, I can't accept it. And it, like, it, I get it in my gut, like, when I hear Predator shout in this film. Yeah. Like, get oh, it's brilliant. Such good sound design. Yeah, no, it is. It really is. Yeah, it's lovely. And then they, they go subterranean, yeah. don't they, eventually. And, and Danny Glover follows him down. And there's a huge fuck-off Predator warship <laughs> buried underneath yes. this apartment building. <laughs> 
And he goes in there and uh, he's having a look around the trophy cabinet like he's on the club tour at the new camp or whatever. <laughs> the trophy cabinet! It is. There's everything in there. It's like... There's a T-Rex like, oh, like, in there. There's a T-Rex so in there. Did you... Sp- did you spot the uh, the alien xenomorph in there I'm as go- well? All right, this yeah. is this is just like the great one of the greatest mo- moments in films I can think of. This because like all I can think of is the amazing adventures that led up to that wall being compiled, like the, you know <laughs> yeah, Predator yeah. versus a T Rex, that big fat thing that looks like a farting marshmallow on the right hand side. Like it's just unbelievable. What were these things? Yeah, amazing. And it's just it's just great and it's really good. And is this the first? I don't know. I know there was a Predator comic series that perhaps came out before this film, but is this the first? This must be the first cinematic instance of uh, them placing the alien and oh, the Predator yeah. within the I same universe. I think it is. Yeah, the yeah. xenomorph skull being on the wall. Yeah. yeah, which led to two extremely brilliant films. I'm sure we'll all agree. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm really glad that they put that Easter egg in. There. <laughs> they probably just put it in as a bit of fun, not thinking what it would cause later down. <laughs> Because <laughs> they're, they're both Fox properties, aren't they? Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. But I remember uh, comic book-wise, because I, I think there's there a lot of Predator comics, and um, my uncle, who I, incidentally I watched, this was the first time I watched this, was with my uncle uh, and my brother. F- off the back of that, we found a Batman versus Predator comic. Oh, yeah. Um, and it was, <laughs> it was uh, the Predator went to Gotham to fight Batman. Oh, my word. Oh, wow. Excellent. Oh, my word. Why haven't we had that movie? I know. <laughs> have, you, have you seen the short movie of Batman versus... Have you guys seen that? It's about 10 years old now. Batman versus Predator um, as a um, Did, oh, short movie. Oh, was there movie. a short film? Yeah. I'll, uh, we'll, should we retweet it for everyone to enjoy? Yeah. Yes. Because okay, it yeah, is yeah. really worth enjoying that. It's amazing. Can I take this moment, please, boys, just to drag us over please, this yeah, right? Because um, take us, take us home, Rob. Take, take us, us home. home. Take us home. <laughs> there is a oh, just a mighty wonderful moment where Glover manages to get the better of a predator, and he's like the first one that, like, obviously Arnie did in the first one, but in he used serious trickery, etc. Yeah, yeah. Glover is the first to stick something sharp in the predator's belly and move it north until he can't move anymore, and it's um, you get that, you know. That's a, triumph of the human spirit but when he goes down suddenly we pan back and a load of other predators appear in this ship yeah. and my original when i first saw this it was like because predator is built up as like being like unbeatable and when you see him it's yeah. like oh my god oh no oh no no you know when you see these other ones and then obviously like i've carried that through since watching this for the first time but then i looked up the names of these people this week because I wanted to know what they were called, where they had names. So you've got City Hunter, who's dead. The big one's name is Elder Greyback. Cool. Lovely. Cool. Lovely. And the rest of the LA hunting party predators are, would anyone like to guess? <laughs> Chuck me a name out. Pointy McCrabface. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he was on the reserve list. He, he, was left, he was left on the transport. You know, in case, you know, we needed any help. We've got Boar, Both, Guardian, Hippie, Ram, Scout, Snake and Stalker. (laughs) What a... I mean, I don't know whether that enhances the mythology or ruins it. I've no idea. (laughs) I've got no idea. But do you know who played them in this scene? Uh, It was an NBA basketball team. Was it the Lakers or the Clippers? The LA Lakers played them in this scene. 
They needed tall dudes. I so just, they, just... Well, they needed a load of tall blokes, didn't they? Like, uh, sure, I just, like I, I'm not. I'm more obsessed with this backstory for this scene than I am anything else. And apparently, there's a music video <laughs> out there about the predators jamming to some song. And there's a there's yeah, a music awesome. video. Yeah. Again, I don't think that's going to help the overall, you know, <laughs> impact <laughs> of these guys being rock hard hunters. And then, yeah. The Predators give him back, oh, I love this, a flintlock pistol. Ooh, yes, yeah, lovely. Yeah, I do like that. Love that. It's like a little treat, isn't yeah. it? Because like, they emerge and you're like, all oh, right, then, well, they're all just going to blast Danny Glover to pieces. And he's like, right, who's next? Right. Oh, <laughs> which is, which is, a, which is really a great good. Line. proper yeah, badass. Yeah. But it's just like, like the guy goes, right, fair dues, you've done him in. Good, good for you. Here you go. Here's a little something for your trouble now. Get off my ship. Yeah, no, I, lo- <laughs> I'm, I'm I going actually home. love it, mate, and I totally agree. <laughs> it's like you, um, like Glover has finally reclaimed the honor of our species after 300 years worth of being rubbish. <laughs> I love it, you know. And it's like, right, you won this one. We'll be back in a few years' time. Well, we'll be back when Lance Henriksen yeah. gets the sequel right sorted out, and then we'll be back. <laughs> But it, I, I really, really love that. Um, and then they jet off, and then uh, Glover emerges from a hole in the ground, like covered in all sorts. And uh, like they come up to him, and he's like, "Oh, it's that brilliant moment where Adam Baldwin grabs him and says, like, what did you do?' You know." And he looks at him, and he's like, "Glover is brilliant in this moment." He's like, "His eyes tell you, like, you, you know, don't even ask me. You don't even want to know." You know, it's and I love it. Yeah, it's great. Absolutely love it. Do you think it's finally dawning on him that he's got all of his friends killed as well? Yeah, that? yeah. I'm going to back on uh, to work on Monday with, to an empty office. Where... <laughs> yep, I've got no one that's in. No that's one what in. I thought like, after it all finishes and the ship takes <laughs> off, I was like, he's walking out like absolutely, you know, covered in dust, and he's like fucked. And then it's like, well, you got to go to work on Monday, mate. You've got to yeah. And there's still the, a massive gang yeah, war going. Yeah, the rest on. of this gang war going well, on. Would, hang on. Would there still be one going on? I mean, um, Uncle Willie. Oh, James, you've got me doing it now. Oh, Uncle Willie's had his head cut off, and the Colombians are all dead. Is there anyone left? As predators sorted it yeah, all out. Surely they've got deputies, haven't they? Any business cannot have a single point of failure, right? So if I go under a bus at my job, right, someone's <laughs> got to be able to step in and take over at the reins, right? So if I get my head cut off by a predator on the way to work tomorrow, <laughs> someone's got to be able to do my job. Right? These organisations have got to be set up in the same is it, way. Do they call in the in your contract, James? Is it called the predator contingency? You know, they call something like that. Because <laughs> I, I, you know. <laughs> I'm I'm knackered. I never thought of that. (laughs) My family are ruined. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, to be honest with you, if these cartels and gangs haven't got, you know, proper infrastructure within their business model, then they're they're just asking for trouble eventually. (laughs) They're in a very dangerous situation. (laughs) They've got to make contingency plans. All it takes is a slight jump forward to seven years in the future and there's an alien thing there. It's all going off and you've got an alien having a lovely old time in downtown LA. Oh, my word. The whole business is on the scrappy. (laughs) Rubbish. What, what, What have we got for best bits then, lads? What are you thinking? Who'd like to go first? Sorry, I'm now obsessed with the infrastructure of the cartels <laughs> and predator impact on a you know like you know when there's an interview like have have you thought about predator you know the the predator consequence if if we actually have an undead alien hunter come here oh he's not undead sorry you know he does die in it you know oh dear right best yeah. bit what are we talking about? um so two best bits for me the two 
uh, I mean, the score's great all the way through. So that, yeah, that, yeah. that's my favourite part yeah, of the film. Yeah. Uh, but actual uh, pieces of action are um, King Willie, also known as Uncle Willie, getting <laughs> <hacked off. laughs> uh, But Busey's death just takes the cake for me. Oh, I think yeah. it's absolutely brilliant. He was murdered in a game of extreme frisbee <laughs> and you've just got to respect the predator for having that sort of ingenuity in that high-pressure situation. <laughs> The love, James. You've Champ- you've managed champion to, frisbee. Yeah, you've you've managed to um, create a new subset of characters on the FYR podcast of famous uncles. So now we've got Uncle Duvet and Uncle Willie. Sai, <laughs> <laughs> si, what's your favourite bit, man? I've got to. I I really like when he's he's in the um, old woman's house and uh, he runs away and Glover. Danny Glover manages to get in there and he goes like, don't worry, I'm a cop. And then the woman, the old woman just goes, I don't think he gives a shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely brilliant. Yeah, so, so good. So good. But my other thing, again, it's quite a comedy moment. When they're in the, uh, they're in a graveyard for Danny after Danny oh, dies. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, the predator's in the trees, like skulking in the trees. And um, a, a kid sees him. Mm. And yeah. the kid runs on and he, he goes like, want some candy? And then, uh, <laughs> <but> then, <laughs> but then the best, <laughs> the best bit is when, want some candy? Want some candy? But then after, after, uh, after it happened, like Harrigan thinks he sees him again. And it's this weird series of pad whip pads with the same musical cue, and it's like, duh, 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 duh. and it does it about six times. And you're like, all right, we get it. He's trying to find him, can't find him. <laughs> yeah, no advancement on the original problem. <laughs> it's just the same it's just the musical. Same cue. Musical. Duh, 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 duh. <laughs> it's favourite bit. I I think my favourite. Oh, I find this quite hard now. No, I'm going to go with that moment when Harrigan walks around the wall in the subway and he sees Paxton's head um, depart from his body. Just because I think it's really well shot, really great moment of simple practical effects and great sound design and it's absolutely horrendous. I think if it weren't for the fact that I was obviously um, nudging at how violent this film was when I asked that bonus question earlier tonight about goriest film moments, this would have been up there as one that really shot me. Because it's like, it's what you see in the distance, like the removal of the head and your imagination runs mad and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, that would be the moment. That'd be the moment. So um, for your reconsideration, um, in fact, right, right. James, you've never seen it, have you? So this is your first watch. It is the first watch. What are you thinking? So I'm going to end up with splinters in my bum from the all the fence riding I'm about to do. <laughs> right, so so uh, this was, a, uh, as I've sort of touched on already, this movie was very much a movie of two halves for me. So there was some baffling decisions in the, first, <laughs> in the opening 45 minutes, which I'm not going to go over again because we've discussed them ad nauseum, but they really jarred with me and I wasn't really feeling it. However, once all that stuff was jettisoned and it just became about maniac Danny Glover and his band of renegade cops hunting the Predator, I really got a kick out of it. Uh, the action sequences are mostly really well done with some outstanding deaths. Sylvester's score is brilliant and the Predator is such a fun and iconic movie monster 
that you can't help be engaged with whatever it's doing. For Predator completists and early 90s actions fans, this is a must-watch. If you don't fall into either category, probably not going to get uh, going to be your thing. I think that's really fair, actually, cool. mate. I think it's a really fair assessment. Yeah. Um, Sai, you go last, as it was your pick. I'm going to say that I agree with so much you've said there, James. Um, this, for me, is a sequel that's no rehash whatsoever yeah. and actually tries to do something genuinely different with its really iconic source material. Uh, it's a fa- fine outing, I think, for one of cinema's most enduring and iconic sci-fi creatures. And what a creature it is. I think Stan Winston's achievement here, again, is just outrageous. And him and his team, so, so good. The effects for me here are really great universally. I really like how it's shot. As you say, Sylvester's music is unbelievable. And again, that word iconic crops up right right away when you think about it. But if you've not seen it and you enjoy Predator sci-fi stuff, you've got to get at this because there's loads of really grim, dead great fun to be had here. So yeah, definitely reconsider this and go for it. Nice. Yes. I think there are problems at play, like without question, especially in that first half, as you say, James. And it could have probably should have been like way, way better, particularly if McTiernan was involved again and if the sound man actually turned up for work. <laughs> <laughs> I also found it like, it, I think you touched on it before, James. I, I find it had a lot more common with the Robocop universe than the film what preceded it, which was a bit bizarre. Yeah, that's a really good point, yeah. guys. Really good point. Yeah, really, yeah, really weird. But I think the final act and the payoff of it all just made it all worth it. Yeah, yeah. The introduction of honour within the species of the Predator makes it a lot more than just a movie monster. So if nothing else, this film in particular is responsible for developing a villain that would usually just be a tedious buggy monster to sell Halloween costumes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So all said and done, I think this is a worthy sequel. And I think uh, it also made for a really good video game tie-in as well. There was a game oh, on the Android. Oh, yeah, yeah. did it? Did it? brilliant. Oh, yeah, how did yeah. I miss this? I played that. Was it yeah, good? The video game was excellent. <laughs> oh, very, seriously? Very, good. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, amazing, lads. Um, again, uh, another <laughs> another lovely movie to look at tonight. I really enjoyed this one. Oh. God's sake, dog. Can I just get rid of this freaking dog and then I'll come back? <laughs> just do the end with the dog. Uh, just... Where's a predator when you need it? Uh, Nala! <laughs> get down. Uh, right. It'll be all right on the night. It's Part literally, 20. we're literally there. Right. I think if I don't look at it, then it'll probably be better. And now would be a really good time to remind everybody about our T-shirt giveaway competition. Um, while I have a dog in my hands, who's <laughs> <laughs> misbehaved for ages now. Uh, and um, so all you have to do is you have to retweet uh, the Tomorrowland episode and tonight's episode as well. This being the what movie do we Predator Two? <laughs> this so and Predator Two. That's how forgettable it was. No, no, it wasn't at all. It's just stressful with this. Uh, Right. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. Um, as always, uh, if you want... <laughs> oh, for God's sake. <laughs> James, do you want to sign us off this week? I don't think I can do it. I've got a puppy here who's giving me absolute hell here. Uh, Rob um, is having something of a nervous breakdown. <laughs> the dog has completely psyched him out at this stage. So we've got to step in and put him out of his Please, misery. Sir. Thank you very much to everyone who has listened. You can follow us at FYR Film Pod on the Twitter machine. And please, please like, subscribe, give us five stars on your podcast listening app of choice. 
And please join us again for a future installment. Say goodbye, everyone. Oh, bye bye. Bye bye. What's up, Candy? <laughs> <laughs> Want some candy? <laughs>